You're listening to a Mesh News Desk podcast, Hernia Mesh Insights. I'm Jane Acree, National News Editor and your host. I'm joined by our producer, Baxter Gentry. And the guest today is Dr. Bill Brown, a surgeon from Fremont, California, who specializes in removal of synthetic hernia mesh following adverse complications from its implantation into the body. Dr. Brown also offers non-mesh repairs for those who have been diagnosed with a hernia. Dr. Brown's never been a proponent of the use of synthetic mesh, in particular polypropylene. In fact, he's really never implanted synthetic mesh in performing hernia repairs, always utilizing the traditional method of pure tissue repair, using sutures and surrounding tissue, techniques taught for years in medical schools as the standard of care. However, that has changed. Currently, out of the million or so hernia mesh repairs in the U.S., pure tissue repairs are nearly non-existent, having been almost entirely replaced by hernia repairs with synthetic mesh, advertised as a less invasive procedure, easier to perform, with faster recovery times, and lower hernia recurrence rates. Mesh became widely available in the late 80s and early 90s, and it was touted as a method to decrease the recurrence rate of getting another hernia. And it certainly does decrease the recurrence rate a little bit. But I think the main factor that made mesh so popular is it's very, very easy to use. Uh, Make a small incision, go down to where the hernia or the hole in muscles is, lay the mesh over it, uh, and close the person back up. So it's an operation that can be easily done in 15, 20 minutes. So there's a strong incentive not only does it save the surgeon time, which means he can do more operations in a day and make more money with his professional fees, but since the mesh is so cheap to make and you can charge a a huge amount for the mesh, there's a strong financial incentive also to use mesh. But what about the health complications we are hearing about from a lot of hernia mesh repair patients, namely chronic pain, mesh erosion, shrinkage, and perforation of surrounding tissue, including organs. Mesh is a plastic material, and when you put it inside someone, no matter what type of mesh it is, the body says, this does not belong here, and attacks the mesh. So if you take a piece of mesh, put it in someone, take it out in a year, look at it underneath the microscope, you'll see white cells and foreign body cells from the body attacking the mesh. In most people, the reaction is not enough to cause any trouble, but about 10 to 15% of people, the mesh can be turned hard from the scarring around the mesh. And that's when the athlete or patient bends or twists and the mesh does not bend and twist with the person. There's shear stresses and that is a source of pain. And there's lots of very sensitive structures in the area. For example, the spermatic cord, which carries the nerves and blood vessels down to the testicle, can become stuck to the mesh, resulting in chronic testicular pain, difficulty with erections, difficulty with sexual activities. The bladder is nearby. I've had several patients where the mesh stuck to the top of the bladder, so the bladder could not expand to its usual size, so the patient had to pee every three or four hours versus you know just several times a day. Uh, there's multiple nerves in the area. The biggest ones are the ileoinguinal and the iliohypogastric. If they become stuck to the mesh, 
Then there's a chronic burning sensation in the pubic hair area, high on the inside of the thigh and, and in the sac, which it can be uh, debilitating for the patient. And occasionally the mesh will shrink in size because of the scar tissue, and that can pull on various structures nearby and be one more source of pain for the athlete or patient. One sad thing is that the young patients want to get back, and one of the advertising that people to use mesh use or arguments is that they can get back to the gym very, very quickly, which is which is true. The mesh is very strong pretty much right from the beginning. So within a couple of days, the athlete can get back to uh, the gym or running, swimming, whatever they enjoy. Uh, the downside is the highest risk group for people having complications from mesh are young male athletes. So <clears throat> even though it gets them back to the gym potentially faster, they're also the highest risk group of running into long-term complications. So Saving a little bit of time at the beginning can be devastating in terms of long-term complications. With reports of autoimmune disorders and hernia mesh patients, is there a link between the mesh and these adverse health complications? Autoimmune problems are very common in patients that have had mesh implanted. The difficulty is no one's ever been able to prove directly that the mesh causes the autoimmune, it, it makes sense because the body's immune system has become very active in reaction to the mesh. So it makes sense that it can get out of control. But I haven't seen any studies that have been able to prove that the mesh causes the autoimmune. But I've had six or seven patients where I've taken the mesh out and their autoimmune problems uh, went away. So I, uh, I, there's anecdotal evidence that it, they definitely are related. What about sepsis as a cause of death related to a synthetic mesh failure and the perforation of the colon? Yes, if the, the colon travels right deep to the abdominal wall where inguinal hernias are repaired, and if the mesh becomes adherent to the colon, the colon is always peristalsing, in other words, contracting to move stool along. And if the mesh is hard and doesn't move, then it basically is rubbing against the colon every time it peristalsis. And eventually it can erode into the colon mm. and the colon is full of uh, toxic bacteria, which if released into the abdomen is, can cause sepsis and peritonitis. Dr. Brown, how widespread are these health complications due to hernia mesh failure, many of which are life-altering? There are about a million hernia operations done uh, every year, and between 10 and 15% of people with mesh end up with chronic pain, and that's pain that's it's defined a little bit differently depending on who's writing the article, but usually if a pain lasts beyond six months, it's considered chronic pain. And between 10 and 15% of people end up with chronic pain, which can be debilitating. And about 1% of patients have enough complications related to the mesh, so one in 100 patients, that they have to have the mesh removed, and then the abdominal wall reconstructed in some way after the mesh is removed. Uh, so the numbers are very high. If you take a million people, 10% to 15%, in other words, 100,000 to 150,000 have pain, and 10,000 of those people 
uh, end up actually having the having to have a second very extensive operation to get the mesh out. Where are the studies pertaining to safety and efficacy? Where are the risk-benefit analyses comparing the traditional pure tissue repair to the use of synthetic mesh? Isn't it true that in instances of pure tissue repair, you don't see the long-term health risks associated with mesh use that can be catastrophic? Is synthetic mesh that much better? Let me break that down in two parts. If the if you have a young person with an indirect inguinal hernia, then a pure tissue repair and a mesh repair have the same recurrence rate. In other words, the chance to get another hernia sometime in the future is the same. So in a young person, there's there's no good reason to put mesh in except that the profit margin and the ease of the operation and a little bit faster recovery. In an older person with a direct hernia, then the chance of getting another hernia when mesh is used is about 3%. If you do a pure tissue repair in the same person, the recurrence rate is about 4%. And what the mesh companies and the doctors will do is to make the numbers um, looks bigger. In other words, they'll say that there's a 25% decrease, in other words, from 4% to 3% if mesh is used. And that makes the number, by using a relative number, that makes it sound like mesh is uh, much better than the pure tissue repair. But if you do the absolute numbers, you know, going from 4% to 3%, that's not a very big difference. And if you run a 10% risk of getting troubles from the use of mesh, it, it just doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, 1% drop in the recurrence rate and taking the risk of 10% of chronic pain, I, I, think, I just think it's such a stupid, stupid decision. And that pure tissue repair is just um, the best way to go. Is there not any oversight? From what we know, from what we see, we wonder, where is the post-market surveillance? Do we really know the depth and the breadth of these serious, if not life-altering complications from the use of hernia mesh? Well, a physician is supposed to report any complications related to implants to the FDA or some other agency, but most doctors are very busy and, you know, it takes time and effort to report things. And then the doctor themselves looks bad for having complications. So there's, there's no incentive for the doctor to report it. And there's definitely no incentive for the manufacturers to report complications because there'd be a potential for increased lawsuits and having to remove their product from, from the market. So that the, all the incentives are not to report any complications uh, about the mesh. And so I think the mesh complications are way underreported. So roughly, what are the more realistic estimates of adverse health complications, considering the system of reporting is broken? I'd just be guessing, but I bet less than half of the complications ever get reported. Um, I talk to many patients who I take the mesh out and they almost every one of them reports that they have a friend or two who's also had complications related to mesh. And they, their doctors told them they just had to deal with it and that it was just a part of the uh, healing and recovery, but they just never get better. And those patients are kind of pushed under the carpet and never get reported. 
Is it possible that surgeons who implant these meshes aren't doing adequate follow-up with patients, especially long-term follow-up, where these health complications are not known or experienced right away, but often come months or years later? You're exactly right. The complications come in two time periods. If it pain and problems develop directly after the operation, then it's related to some uh, screw up during the operation. In other words, putting the mesh on a nerve, putting a staple in the spermatic cord or the bladder. So the, the complications that occur within the first three or four weeks after the operation are related to uh, the operation being done poorly. The next phase occurs about six months when the mesh becomes hard and scarred and starts to shrink. So by that period of time, the uh, patient is out of the surgeon's mind. He, you know, he's forgotten about uh, Mr. Jones, who he fixed a hernia last year. And the the way the medical system is set up now, you know, with the the Kaisers and everything else, the this surgeon is. On, on a salary. So there's very, very little incentive for the surgeon to spend more time in follow-up with his patients. So if you have a complication from mesh, it's six months out from the operation. It's very hard to get back in to see the original surgeon. They often just send you to the primary doc because it doesn't sound like a, a surgical problem. And so, so with the way the medical system set up now, uh, it there's just no long-term follow-up with the patients. I'm a general surgeon and I'm the only one I know of that's near uh, in my area that's still, you know, been private practice. So everybody else is associated with a Kaiser or an HMO or hospital. And so my incentive is to to do good care for the patient. So I follow them up uh, for at least a year to be sure that everything's going well. Uh, So the medical system is, I think, broken because of the HMOs, the training system is broken. Uh, so I'm very, very concerned that, you know, the, the trend is not going to turn around and people are going to continue to do mesh with um, complications for uh, our population. And So for anyone who has an abdominal hernia, who hears all of this, The alarm bells are going off. They want to pursue a pure tissue repair and not use synthetic plastic mesh. How does that person find you or someone like you who still does the pure tissue repairs? That's the difficult problem. Many of the younger surgeons have been trained when mesh was widely available and they have not learned any of the pure tissue repairs. And thus they're not going to even bring up the subject of pure tissue repair. Your best chance of finding a surgeon familiar with a pure tissue repair is to contact an older surgeon's uh, mid to late 60s. That surgeon would have been trained prior to the use of mesh and should be able to offer a pure tissue repair for the patient. So trying to find an older surgeon is probably the best way to go locally. Why have medical schools... Uh, and training programs abandoned tissue repair? It's an easier operation. So that's very, very quick. So it's very easy to train the surgeon. The pure tissue repairs are moderately complicated because you need to know all the layers and need to be familiar with, as we mentioned before, eight or nine different types of repair. So it's harder to train the surgeon with that. 
the surgeons now are limited in the number of hours per week that uh, under federal regulations, I think it's 80 hours a week that they're the most that they're allowed to train. <clears throat> uh, they're worried that surgeons will get too tired and start making, start making mistakes. And so there's limited time. So, uh, and then there's a financial incentive to use mesh because of the huge profit margin. So uh, the lack of time during training, the ease of teaching the mesh repairs, the profit margins uh, all go against surgeons getting trained with pure tissue repairs. And probably there's not too many professors out there that remember how to do it the old way. Uh, so the uh, people to train the younger surgeons with the mesh repairs are, are getting older and retiring. From what we know, with a million hernia repairs annually, and nearly that many mesh implantations, with 1% of those patients suffering from complications that require the mesh's removal, that's 10,000 people a year. It, it, it can be very, very difficult. Um, I'm the only one that I know of in the Bay Area that uh, removes mesh on a regular basis. Uh, Dr. Chen and Dr. Tufig, who are down in Southern California, remove mesh. Uh, I've forgotten the guy's name. There's a guy in New Orleans that removes mesh and then one or two in New York. But for you know, the entire United States, there's only about 10 people that I know of that routinely remove mesh. So it's, it, it's going to be a big struggle for <clears throat> someone to find a surgeon willing to take mesh out. With a product that we know is supposed to be permanent and not removed, Dr. Brown, how do you go about safely removing it? Considering it could be embedded or degraded, how do you prevent further damage to surrounding organs, muscles, and even nerves? No, it's very, very hard to remove because it's designed be to become incorporated into the tissues. So uh, getting it out, uh, I do definitely damage some of the tissues nearby. And the key to the operation is to avoid damage to anything that's really critical, uh, the blood vessels, the spermatic cord, the nerves. The operation to put mesh in, as we discussed before, can be you know, 10, 15 minutes to put the mesh in. I routinely schedule three hours of operating room time when I you know, plan to remove uh, mesh. And it, it usually doesn't take three hours, but it's often very, very close. So it's a, you know, several magnitudes more complicated to get mesh out. Once the mesh is removed, since some of the muscles are damaged, the, uh, it's very difficult to put the abdominal wall back together without using mesh. Um, and that's where my experience of having fixed hernias for so many years comes into to play. It allows me to combine the various methods of repair to get the abdominal wall put back together. One really sad thing about removing the mesh is that uh, you know the patient wants to be 100% again after I take the mesh out, but I warn them that it's very hard to get back to 100%. And I tell the patient or athlete that you know if I get rid of 80 or 90% of their pain and 80 or 90% of their disability from the mesh, that I consider that a, a good result. Uh, very, very few patients get back to 100%, even if I do the most perfect operation that I can. When we analyze hernia repair, we see that the rate of reoccurrence is somewhat high, 3 or 4 percent. 
What's the difference between a hernia reoccurrence when a pure tissue repair was initially done comparing to re-repairing, so to speak, a hernia where a mesh was implanted? You're absolutely correct. If you've had a pure tissue repair, going back in is relatively easy because there's no scar tissue. Uh, the mesh isn't stuck to everything. Uh, so developing the planes, identifying the anatomy is relatively easy. If the person has had a previous mesh repair, then fixing the recurrence can be a nightmare uh, because of the scar tissue run high risk of damaging one of the local structures. Uh, so that's another good argument for having a pure tissue repair. What reaction do you get, Dr. Brown, from the National Medical Association of Hernia Treatment, namely the American Hernia Society? That's the professional group that identifies synthetic mesh as the first choice in hernia repair. In your work, are you somewhat considered an outlier? Um, I've gone to a few of them, and when I bring it up, they just say, yeah, that's a nice alternative, and uh, basically ignore me. You've been listening to a special Mesh News Desk podcast, Hernia Mesh Insights, with Dr. William Brown, a surgeon in Fremont, California, who specializes in doing non-mesh hernia repairs and in dealing with some of the most difficult mesh removals after complications. Thank you, Dr. Brown, and thank you for joining us. I'm Jane Acree, Mesh News Desk.